present, I'm sorry I haven't a clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Tell, and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. I'm delighted to say that in a recent opinion poll comparing programs of similar entertainment value, 60% of those polled preferred I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. And only 40% preferred the shipping forecast. <laughs> and that's good news for our teams who are Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Rushton on my right. Graham Garden and Barry Cryer on my left. And we launch straight into the first game, which is called Last Episode. In this round, the aim is to put the last nail in the coffin of a long-running radio or television show and close the series in one line. Colin Sell will play the theme music, and I shall award points for bad taste. Tim, we're going to ask you, first of all, to finish off the Barbara Woodhouse Roadshow. Uh, as you can see, I have with me here our bimbo. This is North African elephant. Now, our bimbo... Bimbo, I said six. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Tim. Four marks for that. Barry, Pebble Mill at one. Uh, before we talk, Mrs. Whitehouse, let's have a word with that naked man outside the window. <laughs> I think I'll give you two marks for that, Barry. Willie Rushton, live from Her Majesty. Oh, hello again, Mr. Fagan. <laughs> Judging from the audience applause, that deserves six marks. Graham Garden, your show is Tenko. British women, regret to announce, makeup department has run out of artificial boils. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll give you eight marks for that, Graham. Thank you. <laughs> and we go on to the point in the program oh, now. Oh, have you got any more? Yes. Well, Jim has. Try another one. Um, two Ronnies. Um, good night from him. And oh, I've got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. This is two Ronnies, the end of the day. Good night from me, and it's good night from her. <laughs> now, and the Dukes of Hazard, for those of you. Onward. <laughs> oh my God, who rolled up this window? Ah, <laughs> uh, you see, they leave him. <laughs> Judging from the audience applause there, you've lost the full mark. <laughs> Anybody else? I thought of the uh, last episode of Give Us a Clue. Um. Mike Aspel saying, I knew it was a mistake to give Lionel tell them Willy Boy was here. <laughs> I think that's worth a round of applause. Yes. But Thank not you. a mark. Uh, Willy, <laughs> any more from you? No, no, more from me, no. Let's do what we should have done a few minutes ago, and that's hurry on to the next part of the programme. This is... <laughs> It is live, point, isn't it? The point where I flick through the yellow pages and ask our teams to stop me and choose a trade. And then at the end of the programme, I'll be asking the teams for appropriate names 
for members of that trade and to make it easier for Timbrook Taylor, we'll invite all those appropriate names along to a ball. Now, I'm flicking through now. Who's going to stop me? Willie, try and stop me. Try and stop you what, Tom? Oh, flipping through, you're ready. Always trying to stop me doing like that. Stop, Humphrey. Stop. Right, what do we get? We've stopped at uh, P, Piano Tunis Pilots Marine. No, you don't want that. Pipe and tube, plastic sheeting. No, we'll choose this one. Property developers. Property developers. I'm going to ask you at the end for appropriate names for members of the property developing trade or occupation. Or plastic sheeting. Right, we go on now to another musical round, overworking Colin Sale at this part of the programme, which is where each team has to improvise a calypso with the members of each team taking alternate lines and assistance as provided, as I said earlier, by Colin Sale. Graham and Barry, will you give Tim and Willie their subject for a calypso? Yes, yes, of course. Uh, we'll give you the Franks report on the Falkland Islands. <laughs> I thought she started the Falklands crisis to take our minds off unemployment and prices. But this, the Franks report, does not mention. They put it all down to prime ministerial tension. <laughs> okay, Tim and Willie, you have ten marks for that. And uh, will you now give Graham and Barry their title for Eclipse, though. Title, oh, will you? Well, we could respond by the, the, the circle report on the railways. Would be a... Ah, British rail are cutting back, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I went up to Leeds just the other day. The journey took hours, and it wasn't much fun. We had to pull the carriage up the bloody M1. And you get 11 marks for that, uh, according to our audience response, putting uh, Tim and Willie in the lead. And we go on now to tag wrestling, one of my favourite games. In this round, I'm going to give each team the payoff of a story. And I shall then start one of you off telling a story to fit your punchline. Then when I feel like it, I shall press my buzzer, thus... And a member from the opposing team will have to take up that story, but make it fit his punchline. may seem incomprehensible to you at the moment. Just wait till you've heard it. Now, Tim and Willie, will you take down your punchline? And the helicopter landed on Coo Stark. <laughs> Graham and Barry, yours is Nancy Reagan kissed... Sorry. Kissed. Let me get this right. Producer's got worse handwriting than my doctor. <laughs> Nancy Reagan kissed E.T., and one of them lived happily ever after. <laughs> Graham and Barry, start this one. It was breakfast time in the White House, and uh, Ronnie emerged and made his way to the kitchen where Nancy was preparing breakfast. Good heavens, she cried, Ron. You're not going to believe what has just occurred. A helicopter is descending outside on the gardens of the White House. Now, due to some appalling mistake at the um, travel agents, the 14 days in Mustique tickets have got confused <laughs> with seven days in Washington and all the bread you can eat. <laughs> this, this mistake uh, the travel agents had, in fact, happened 
on a planet many millions of light years away. <laughs> and the passenger in the helicopter was none other than the extraterrestrial being himself, E.T., he of the glowing digit, who sprang... He sprang or it sprang? Who sprang? E.T. E. sprang. E.T. sprang. I know him well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> E.T. sprang and he cleaned it up himself. <laughs> After he did that, he, uh, he looked up in the sky and said, <laughs> which roughly translated means, and the helicopter landed on Coup's side. <laughs> <laughs> oh. E.T. is perfectly comprehensible. He doesn't speak anything like that at all. That was a lamentable impression. What was that well, you saying, uh, No worse than most of Tim's impressions. When we go on to a round, a new round, called Wine Tasting. And ah. This uh, is a round uh, in which uh, I've brought some specimens. It says here I brought some specimens along. I brought some specimens <laughs> of wine along. We're still not sure. <laughs> this horse is unfit for work. And I'm going to be <laughs> asking our teams to try the wines. Thank you and to tell me where they come from and who bottled them. That one's just great. Tim and Willie, I'm going to ask you to taste your first wine now. Oh, yes. Now, will you, t will you taste the, the same wine? <laughs> Both taste the same wine. Perfectly. Wipe, the, wipe the rim of the glass. We right. spit oh. it out. Tim's right. being very particular. He wants another. These crystal goblets, we've got two of them. <laughs> oh, it's very nice. It, it, it's, got, it's, got, it's got body and, and delightful legs and, um, <laughs> and terrific nose. Uh, oh, sorry, Tim. I, <laughs> um, I think it's an Australian wine because it keeps coming back to me. Um, <laughs> boomerang it's a little pretentious it isn't at all it is a little pretentious it is Australian it is a little pretentious and it's Rolf Harris <laughs> and it's still coming back to me and uh, where do they paint their toenails for out of wine treading <laughs> I think Paul Hogan in a funny dress trod the grapes yes. and made this mm -hmm. it's absolutely a Salting. Um, no, not great. It, it's uh, rhubarb. Excuse me. It could be very useful during, right. the, during the sewage crisis. Come back to me. That, that was very trodden during the sewage crisis. <laughs> Graham and Barry, will you taste your first wine, please? Mm. There's a corn plaster in this. Um, Horrid. It's sort of Bedford mm. Van Ordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasing bucket, pleasing. Rather well, condescending little wine. Yes, quite yes. assertive, rather cloying aftertaste. Yes. An amusing little sod. Mm. <laughs> it's still coming back to me, and I haven't little, touched it for some time. A little, little uncertain about the year, which is what makes me think it may have been bottled by Barbara Cartland. <laughs> well, that's how few of us can say the same. <laughs> I'll give it to the audience to try. Graham's giving his to the audience now. Gentlemen in the front rows being extremely daring. Awful. Pass it along. Meanwhile. Yes, look, that's and quite they're an nodding. Actually, you, <laughs> they're not falling over. Eating its way into the carpet. That's quite an interesting answer you gave me there, uh, as you'll discover. Uh, Tim and Willie, you've got another wine there. Uh, I just passed the last one. Can you one. try that? <laughs> <laughs> It's the one that Tim opened, this end. Ah! This puts me in, in mind of a spring morning when you've just put your foot in a cow pat. 
Tastes like the water my old mother made. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, if I rubbed my nose in this, I'd never do anything again. <laughs> uh, who bottled it? Uh, it was bottled by the producer. What sort of disease has he got? <laughs> Whatever it was, comes from this. Graham and Barry, you have a second wine before I divulge. <laughs> that, uh, Graham's drunk it out of the bottle, uh, which, uh, as it should be. Mm. Pleasingly devoid of flavour. It has a certain positive negativity. Well, mm. I'll tell you, teams... Uh, round, uh, I think I've seen it near Clement Freud. <laughs> in the environs of him. Tim and Willie have won all the points available for that round by getting nearest uh, to, to the right answer. In fact, uh, all these wines were bottled and made by the producer's grandfather, who will be writing to you each individually. <laughs> as long as he doesn't enclose a bottle of wine. I don't yeah. mind. Instead, <laughs> just for interest's sake, which did you think was the nicest? We have all right, the berries, I think, probably. <laughs> You drop a cigarette end in it, but it tastes better afterwards. We're going on now to play a game called Call My Bluff, a game familiar to all those of you who've seen the television programme of the same name. But uh, in our version, the teams are going to give me four different definitions of a word, and I have to guess which one is correct. And then they will tell me if it's true or a bluff. And teams, the word is macaroni. Macaroni. Who's got a definition to come up with first? Graham Money. Garden. Graham, you start with. Thank you, Tim. Well, um, not many people know that Frank Muir has his bow ties specially made for him in Hong Kong. Um, they can make you a bow tie while you wait there. And um, macaroni, funny enough, is a word which also comes from Hong Kong. It's the Chinese word for a trench coat. <laughs> it's a long Macintosh. Okay. And they have difficulty saying clench coat. And so... Their word of describing a long Macintosh which goes below the knee is a Mac-a-ro-ni. <laughs> so you go to Hong Kong and you ask for a Macaroni. Okay, Tim, what about your definition? Well, a Macaroni um, is actually pronounced trumpet. Uh, <laughs> it is a metal tubular or clinical wind instrument uh, with a flared mouth and a bright penetrating ringing tone, sometimes called a bar mitzvah. Um, that's that's uh, macaroni, a religious initiation ceremony for 13-year-old Jewish boys. Macaroni. <coughs> right. Okay. Barry. Well, this is, uh, this is historical. The, the, the origin of... Uh, story of Robinson Crusoe, which you probably know, is the story of a man called Alexander Selkirk, a, a Scot, who um, left on a banana boat from Fife, the, um, <laughs> the SS uniform, and uh, somebody, a member of the crew, threw a banana skin over the side, and the ship slipped. And I'm glad I've got that over. And, uh, he found himself on a desert island. No coconuts. Uh, none of the sort of things you would normally find on desert island. And he met this native who he christened Friday. And then he thought, I can eat fish. And then being a good Catholic, he thought, no, I can't eat fish when Friday's around. So he <laughs> paced up and down the beach, took the paste, and um, made it into tubes. And this is all he could eat until he was rescued and saved his life. And ever afterwards, he referred to this pasty, tubular substance as macroni. <laughs> Macrone. 
you have a few in the audience. Okay, right. Willie, what about your definition? Well, this is an American expression, uh, and not to be confused with Mickey Rooney, which is a pasta dish served in, uh, <laughs> in Italy. Uh, it is, in fact, Macho Ronnie, and, and, and it refers... It refers to any president who takes office at the age of 103 or over, um, gets his head hand-painted by the same barber as John Hanson, um, and is married to Nancy Reagan. Right, right. Well, I've got a fine selection here to choose from, a, a Hong Kong trench coat, uh, an initiation ceremony for a 13-year-old Jewish boy, Alexander Selkirk, tubular substance. Hmm. Don't think I've ever heard a trumpet called a macaroni. Unless I've been doing the wrong thing for 35 years. <laughs> well, that's so, true. <laughs> right, just excuse me while I break off a minute. Barry minus. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go for yours, Barry. You the go for it, Tom. <laughs> tubular substance. Macaroni. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. If you could ruffle your answer a bit more for the benefit of our radio listeners. Ah. Ah. So, it was a bluff, eh? Yes, indeed. Now, will the person who had the true definition open their cards, please, now? Oh! Ah. So there we are. Uh, I was proved to be wrong there. It's a Hong Kong trench coat, macaroni. Gosh, you learn things on this program. We're going on now to play that ever-popular game, Mornington Crescent. And this week, we're going to play a new phone-in version. And we're delighted, I must say, and privileged, and rather frightened, to have Margaret Thatcher on the end of a line, and she'll be taking part in this game. So are you there, Prime Minister? You'll be coming in after Willie Rushton on this. Each time, each round, you come in after Willie Rushton. Okay? Right. We're going to start now with Barry Cryer. Birdcage walk. Uh. How now? Lambert. Not bad. Your Highness. <laughs> um, Lambert. Sorry, sorry, I'm just a bit rattled by that. Um, don't disagree with it, for God's no, sake. Oh, <laughs> Oxford Street. It's a bit wet. Um, Western Avenue. Mm. West Way. Cromwell Road. Southall. Ah. No, 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 Brixton Hill. Hang a lane rotary system. <laughs> oh. so we are, well, is, are we allowed that? Oh, wait, all right. Well, oh, yeah. Uh, can I clap yes, the lane? I'll yeah, it it is, in fact, no. a gyratory system, but I'm, I'll allow that. It used to be. Oh. oh. This program's going out in March. I know something. <laughs> well, Barry. I can't. Barry. No, I'm allowed. I haven't painted into a corner. Sorry, Prime Minister. We'll be with you in a moment. <laughs> God, um, a crawler I am. Euston Road. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Tottenham Court Road. Huddersfield. <laughs> Huddersfield. Uh, Huddersfield. Uh, Prime Minister, uh, I, I didn't quite catch that. You did, you did say Huddersfield? Huddersfield. Oh, is, well, is that... Well, um, well, 
Go on, team. Well, um, well, well yeah, I suppose it is allowed. It's a bold move, it's allowed. Right? They're building new underground stations all oh. the time. Um, I think she's wrong. Tim. No, I said it. Oh, oh sorry. Um, right. In, Thank in, you, Prime Minister Huddersfield. Uh, Graham. Mornington Crescent. Yes. Quite right, too. <laughs> Quite right. Thank you. That's the OBE up the chute, but never mind. Well, taking advantage of that uh, brief altercation, Graham Garden stepped in quite rightly with Mornington Crescent, as our audience here spotted at once. And you win that round, uh, Graham Garden, which puts you ahead of Barry. <laughs> and we have around now the singing sprint, calling Colin Sell back into action again. In this round, one team sings a song that I give them as fast as they can, and then the opposing team must beat their time, which will be taken by me on my stopwatch. Uh, we have one mark to the winner. Extra marks can be awarded for clarity of diction and a faithful interpretation of the composer's intention. And the song is Send in the Clown. Not sure the tune. As fast as possible, yeah? As a right. duet. We'll start with you, uh, Barry and Graham. Right, right. And you've got to sing it as fast as possible, starting... Hold it. Now. Isn't it rich? Rich, are we, are we a pair? Me and a lot on the ground. You in the air, send in the clown. Isn't it rich? Don't you approve? One who keeps staring around. One who can't move. Where's the clown? Send in the clown. Just when I stopped opening doors, I'm not going to bother. I want to be yours. Make my hands together, my usual flair. Show me your line. Show me the stare. Don't you love our mind? I thought you'd want what I want. Sorry, my dear. But where are the clowns? Quick, send in the clown. Don't bother there. Oi! That was pretty extraordinary. That was 17 and a half seconds. That's Colin Sell, on the other hand, was 20 minutes. <laughs> and uh, see if you can do better, Colin, in this one, in which the singing will be done by Tim and Willie. What happened to and? What happened to and? <laughs> Slow motion replay of that. They missed and out. Seventeen seconds exactly, that was, oh, which uh, means no. that you pipped them by half a second, Tim and Willie, thereby winning that round. And now this is the time in the programme when I ask the teams for their appropriate entries in the yellow pages. And uh, don't forget your trade, which we picked earlier from the yellow pages, was property developers. Go ahead, teams. <laughs> Go on, say it. Well, this is a moment in the programme when I have to say from all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly. Oh, look, here's uh, Mr. Scraper coming to the ball. Who is this? <laughs> Who is this guy, Scraper? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't need that time in the programme, Humphrey. <laughs> well, Might as well get it over with. Mr. and Mrs. Building and their son, Jerry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Santa, oh, Santa Point. <laughs> the, the biggest property developer of all time, Miss Babel, Tara Babel. Mrs. Day Flats and their daughter Holly Day Flats. <laughs> and her boyfriend Bill Ding Permit. <laughs> There's Mr. and Mrs. City Decay and their daughter, Ina City Decay. <laughs> There's the enormous, you can hardly get in through the door, the enormous Mr. Fiss, Eddie he's called, the imposing Eddie Fiss. <laughs> 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 
Uh, this is honorable residence, and their son Des, honorable residence. <laughs> and Mersey <Lizzie> Met. <clears throat> and Terry Stout. <laughs> Lord, there's somebody. Gussump. <laughs> Over there, will you welcome Mr. and Mrs. Thousand Square Feet to Let, and their sons Zebedee Thousand Square Feet to Let. <laughs> For some of the older listeners, an enormous property development from that well known athlete, the Gordon Pyramids. I don't understand. Do <laughs> you understand what I've just said? Would you send it on the postcard to Humphrey Littleton? Huddersfield. Huddersfield. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Ing permission and their daughter Pearl Ann Ing permission. <laughs> and well, we're very we get... honoured, very honoured to have with us Viscount Possession. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, with uh, Tim and Willie and Barry and Graham level-pegging, we come... Uh, oh, here's an influential man, Humph. I've a friend on the council. <laughs> As I was saying, that's all for this week. Join us next week. Until then, goodbye. Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Rushton were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme was produced by Paul Mayhew Archer. Well, I'm afraid the agony isn't over yet because there's a second chance to hear that programme on Monday at 6.30pm on Radio 4. And there'll be more fun and laughter of the satirical kind later this afternoon when Bill Wallace, David Tate, Alison Stedman and Andrew Sachs launch forth with Week Ending. And that's at 5.25.